Welcome to Thrive, a Paychex business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. All right, everybody. Thanks for coming back and joining us again. My name is Gene Marks. We're here on the Thrive Podcast, and I'm speaking with Nathaniel Hunter, who is COO of Infinite World. And Nathaniel, I can call you Nat, correct? Just want to make sure that that is. That works. All right. Glad to hear that. That works for me, yes. (laughs) And I'm glad that you're here. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it, Gene. Yeah. Where are we talking to you from? Where are you based? I I am in uh, Southern California, just right outside of L.A. Got it. Okay. And we were joking around before we started talking about all the really cool nerdy stuff that's behind you. That's going to have to be a topic of another <laughs> podcast when we get to it. Uh, so I'm actually more interested in that than, you know, than anything else. But okay, let's talk about Infinite World. You're the COO of Infinite World. Um, so let's start there. What what exactly is Infinite World? What, do, what does the company do? And what do you do with the company? Um, yeah, so Infinite World was uh, was built to be a uh, a very focused solution for brands and their transition into what everyone is deeming the metaverse. So we not only build the infrastructure layer out for the metaverse in terms of gamification and content, but it's also uh, working with brands specifically on helping to bridge their products from the physical world, like physical products that are being sold on predominantly e-commerce marketplaces and transition them into the digital world of NFTs and the metaverse itself so they can have representation inside of this new digital ecosystem. Uh, Me specifically, um, I'm working on the operational side, uh, how everything works together, how it all fits, how everything connects, and the brand representation of that in multiple different formats. Got it. All right. So I have a lot of questions to follow up. And for those of you guys who are listening or watching this, I mean, this, you know, for, for many of us, the metaverse, NFTs, crypto, blockchain, all the terminology that surrounds um, this this internet, three, web 3.0, um, it, it's new to a lot of us. And so, um, you know, so, so now you can insult our intelligence when you speak about this stuff to keep it in the most basic terms possible as we get to understand it. Now, you know, I just wrote um, a pretty lengthy piece for the Philadelphia Inquirer um, where I featured a few um, entrepreneurs in Philly, young young people that were making like, big bucks selling NFTs um, online, mm-hmm. you know, um, which is all, you know, it's all part of what, you know, and, and they're looking for even bigger opportunities once the metaverse becomes more and more accepted and, and, and wide. So let's start with the metaverse. You say you help brands in the metaverse. What exactly do you mean when you say the metaverse, of course? And can you give me an example of how you're helping some type of brand to establish themselves there? Yeah, sure. So the metaverse, um, much like you've also probably heard Web 3.0 um, bandied about as a term, is this kind of catch-all term for, uh, in many different industries, it can mean d- different things. But I, I constantly tell people, if you ask 10 people what the metaverse is, you'll get 15 answers, right? And it's because it it, it is so many different things depending upon the perspective. But Really, if, if you kind of boil it down to its core essence, the metaverse is this next stage of web-based content that is connected to Web 3.0. And I'll just do a little historical. Um, you have Web 1.0, which was the read-only web that we all you know, kind of know back from the, the, the beginning of the web itself. It was you went to a website to get information, but it was really passive. You didn't really interact with it much. It was just reading like wikis and 
you know, sites, et cetera. Um, and that transitioned into Web 2.0, which gets into the social and commerce-based web, where now we're actually interacting with that web back and forth, you know, Shopify, Amazon, Facebook, Twitter. There is this level of a little bit of personalization, but it's these walled gardens of different companies that contain uh, different areas of the web that uh, if you buy something in, you might be locked into their ecosystem. And Web 3.0 uh, is this move to decentralized content, decentralized infrastructure. So um, using technologies like blockchain and cryptocurrency and NFTs to build out, uh, as well as the technology itself uh, being more globally distributed. You know, uh, previously in Web 2.0, Servers would sit in a specific location on the East Coast or the West Coast or in Shanghai or different areas around the world. And if something happened or they went down, then everyone's service would be interrupted. Um, the Web 3.0 decentralization, which powers the metaverse, is this new concept of that we've been evolving towards where that information is actually distributed itself as well. So if something happens and a server goes down in one part of the world, the rest of the servers automatically pick up this concept of a mesh network and self-heal, much like a lizard would heal its tail and still be able to kind of run around. The web can actually heal itself and all of that content is actually distributed. That is the basis for this concept of the metaverse where it's highly social um, and really personalized, where if I go in to buy a product from a given company, um, uh, specifically in the digital space, that, that is the other part of this metaverse. It is a very digital-based um, construct, uh, which is typically engaged with through right now predominantly web and mobile-based platforms. Um, eventually, that will be more augmented in terms of augmented reality as Apple, Google, um, and Magic Leap and others come out with headsets or glasses that interact with the world around us in a more uh, engaging and immersive way. Um, but as part of this metaverse and Web 3.0 kind of transition, you know, if, if you look at something like my background, right, there's literally hundreds, if not thousands of objects there. And to have an experience that represents that in the digital space means those objects have to be digitally represented. That means that they have, whether they're NFTs or just digital 3D versions of the, the, the physical one, there needs to be some representation of that brand into that space. And so for brands specifically, this transition into the metaverse space is probably one of the biggest since the the inclusion of like web between web one and web two when commerce started to happen and and companies went hey we need to have an image that we can use to sell our product to someone who's not physically walking into a brick and mortar store and so this transition to the space is as revolutionary as that was to the brick and mortar crowd um, the metaverse is going to be this and it is, and when I say it's going to be, we're still in the early stages, right? It is an engagement platform where your consumers as a brand, um, and, and I use brand in the most loosely fitting term, a brand can be anything from a large, you know, apparel manufacturer like Abercrombie & Fitch or Lululemon to, you know, a consumer products company like uh, Procter & Gamble, all the way down to someone who has typically sold their stuff on Etsy, right? The moment you create a product and you're selling to a consumer, that product becomes in and of itself a brand. And that product has you know, a whole ecosystem. And that representation in the digital space is going to be the predominant way 
that companies actually interact with their consumers over the next couple of decades. So I, you know, I, I also look at it as, you know, not like when the metaverse finally comes into full realization, you and I are having this conversation um, in, in a virtual room as it is. We're looking at avatars yeah. of each other. Um, you're going right. to want to wear cool clothing. I'm going to wear cool clothing. You're going to want to have something behind you to get that Stan Lee book that's behind you. I see that, which looks very yep. enticing. You're going to want to have that in your room as well. In fact, you would want to have a digital version of it so that if you wanted to actually show it to me in this virtual space, you could pick that book up and open it. You would have to buy that book, a virtual version, a digital version that's of right. that book, which means whoever made that Stan Lee book behind you theoretically will one day have a digital version that they're selling on the metaverse for people like yourself that want to put it behind you and also have it and look at it there or show it to your virtual friends or your digital friends. Is that, am I, does that, that make sense? No, you're, yeah, you're 100% on, on the mark. And, and the interesting part about that is that digital book might have, it might represent the physical one in that in that virtual space, but it also might be augmented or it might be more engaging in terms of, you know, if I go to read that, there might be a foreword by Stanley himself as an animated avatar that talks about the book or different, you know, different portions of it that go into like when he created the amazing Spider-Man and, and how he was on the original movie with Tobey Maguire. And then it might show a clip of that movie in the virtual space. And so it's this engagement platform that really allows brands to to take their their products and their content and engage with consumers in a more direct fashion, right? And so it, it goes beyond even just the avatars and gets into gamification um, where you can actually engage with these different products by gamified me uh, mechanisms. Uh, and, and I'll bring up, you know, we're working with multiple different brands in the NFT space right now, taking their products and creating engaging games around them to further enhance the engagement of their consumers with their product lines, right? The, the more you can get, it's the Shangri-La of any, of any company. If I can get a consumer to engage with my product more than somebody else's, I'm going to build brand loyalty and brand awareness in the very sure. goods that I sell. So, so isn't, isn't infinite world itself. I mean, you know, there are, there are many, many PR firms, advertising firms, brand management firms that exist right now that if I'm, you know, releasing a book or if I'm Pepsi or if I'm Johnson and Johnson, you know, I hire one of those firms to help me, you know, get yep. brand awareness of this new product or my company here in the, the real world as it is. Right. And is the idea in yep. we're infinite world because you guys are a small business. Are you guys um, basically saying, yeah, we're going to be the, that guy, but we're going to be that guy in the metaverse. So, right. That, that, that's, a, that's essentially correct. Right. So we're, we're helping to, Right now, if you were a brand and you were to try to create a metaverse strategy, if you will, um, even the agencies that are predominantly in that commercial-based world, you know, creating commercial campaigns for linear content, for streaming networks, even for ad platforms like Facebook, print, obviously, which is, is still around, even though it's dying, it's still there, you know, billboards and other things. That is all put together by an agency, but this whole new kind of introduction to the metaverse requires a lot more digital know-how. It's oh, not it's just uh, images. Sure. Yeah, it's 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 like taking the problem and exponentially, uh, you know, expanding it. And so, what we've done is is create kind of a one stop solution for brands, where we handle the administration of that, and uh, you don't have to go out shopping for ten different solutions that need to be bundled together, which is traditionally the case. We actually house everything, so we can not only help you build out 
the strategy behind it, but uh, building out the actual approach in the NFT space and the content space. And then how does that still marry with the predominantly web 2.0 or 2.5 for the e-commerce? You know, you sell your products on Amazon and Target and Wafer and Overstock. How do we take that same content and help move it into this new digital realm while still maintaining your brand image? Sure. So if I'm a big, if right now, mostly from a larger corporate brands, you know, and I want to uh, have a you know a brand's you know expansion program on television or online or you know in print, like you say, because there is still market mm-hmm. for print. You know, you're hiring firms that specialize in those areas, whereas in you know Infinite yep. World specializes in the metaverse to expand our brand. And and just to get a sense of this, just you know, if, if you're a small business owner and you're listening, you know, you're listening to this. And you're like, oh, my God, that seems like, you know, out of this world or not realistic or whatever. Nat, tell me the interest that you are having from big brands. What are they saying to you? It is uh, beyond phenomenal. We're, right. scaling, we're, we're, currently, we're currently over 300 people and scaling as fast as we possibly can to meet the demand. Um, it, it is hitting kind of a crescendo because... Many brands are seeing this as the next kind of evolution or revolution of their space, right? How are they engaging with, again, with their consumers? The consumers are moving to this in droves. And, you know, uh, especially when you look at the, the youngest and uh, the younger generation, they're moving to this full lock, stock and barrel. And so it is something like, how do they engage with those consumers? They're not predominantly on the commerce platforms or on the social platforms uh, that we all are all. On, they're right? playing Halo. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're engaging with their content through very casual based games and, and yep. through micro experiences, through NFTs, through cryptocurrency. And so how do you engage with that? Right. You, you have to step into that space and it's very confusing for them at first. And so there's a lot, a lot like more more interest than we can even continue or we can actually hold right now. So what I find just what I find interesting about that, and I think really important for this conversation, Nat, is that. You're telling me that you've got all these these big brands that want to get in here. I mean, they're they're spending money with you, and you're not the only game mm-hmm. in town. I mean, there you know there, there's that interest in doing this because they're yep. seeing the future, and they're seeing a younger consumers. And let's face it, I mean, Gen Zers right now, or anybody born after 1995, it's not that you know they're in their 20s. It's actually the ones that are still like yep. in middle school and high school that these big brands are going after, isn't it? And they're they're That's thinking right. ahead. That's right. right. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's 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 that that youngest generation that is going to really make this transition entirely. Like you know, it's going to be pulling in people from older demographics and even middle aged demographics to some extent um, as as things transition more. But but especially the younger generation, you know, the bigger brands know that they have a ten year commitment and plan to you know engage the next generation for products. So they're already thinking out into not 2023, but they're thinking on the 2032 and 2033 in terms of how they're going to be representing their product. So, okay. So we see that you know, larger companies are, are interested in it. They're investing in it. They're working with firms like yourself. You know, let's talk about smaller companies. Um, you know, obviously the average age of the U.S. small business owner is still over the age of 50. So we're really talking about sort of the next generation behind them. Yeah. Um, and and we're looking at you know so if I'm I don't know if I'm if I'm in my 30s and either running a business or looking to run a business you know in the in the foreseeable future um, you know what what do I need to know to position my business for this for the metaverse you know because I see it coming in you know 
five years, seven years, might even be quicker. Yeah. You know, what, what should be on my mind? What should I be thinking about? You should be thinking as, as strongly as you do in the physical-based world about how your brand image is uh, relayed to your consumer. You should be thinking the same way, if not more so, in the digital space because that is going to become the predominant, you know, if we look forward even just four or five years, Sites like Amazon and others, you know, why why engage in a in a predominantly Web 2.0 kind of experience when, you know, with the devices that we have that are very engaging, you could actually engage in a more um, immersive way, right? And that that is going to become the predominant pathway towards commerce, just like the current commerce is a very different look and feel from commerce of 15 years ago, and so. I, I would say that you know having digital representations of your products is going to be the the biggest thing that you're going to have to do to to basically make sure that you are transitioning with the rest of the the ecosystem as well. So let me even add on to that. Um, you know, you you took us through very well through you know Web 1.0, Web 2.0, now to Web 3.0. Um, so you know, in Web 1.0, I needed to just have a, a static web page on the internet, which I made with mm -hmm. Microsoft Front Page and got a URL from GoDaddy. You know, then in Web 2.0, yep. we needed to have a you know social presence, whether it's on you know that we needed a mm -hmm. Facebook page and we needed interaction, or an Amazon shop, you know, or an Etsy store, something like that. But we needed to have that kind of a physical presence um, online. So what do we do in Web 3.0? I, I was talking with them. Um, Right before Austin, our producer, you know, was like, hey, man, when I get like a thousand bucks, I'm going to buy some real estate, you know, you know, in the metaverse, you know, is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, so is, is that what we should be thinking of as business owners? Should I be looking for real estate? What does that even mean if I'm looking for real estate? And where do I buy it? I mean, am I calling up Coldwell Banker? I mean, who's going to sell me real estate in the metaverse? <laughs> no, yeah, no, there's there's a lot of different. So you have to first it it, it does take like. Uh, it does take a minute to wrap your head around this concept of everything is digital. So the the real estate is digital as well. And there's multiple different pockets of it out there um, in these digital spaces like Decentraland and Sandbox and, and Gala Games and, and Wilder World. Those are some of these NFT based platforms. But you also have even 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 predominantly older platforms like Fortnite and Call of Duty and others like games in general are, are moving towards this concept of an open metaverse where if I buy a product as a consumer in this new digital space, I can move that product with me from experience to experience to experience and thus keeping my brand loyalty, keeping that brand language with me. Um, the concept of the, this, the, the land is, is no different than shelf space inside of a store or you know the the market space in terms of having your search uh, your search items being the first ones on the front page of an Amazon or Target or somebody else, and so buying that space in these different in these different up and coming lands that are having a ton. I mean, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of users come into them. It's all about exposure to your brand, and and so having a physical space where there's an engaging. Uh, where there's an engaging dynamic inside of that space where you can interact with the, the products or you can actually even buy those products through the platform is going to be uh, a huge part of, of, of what this metaverse transition is going to be in terms of finding out what those pockets of spaces are, right? In terms of where the, cons where the consumer is going and, and, and carving that out based upon your target demographic. That doesn't change. Target demographics are still very real, if not even more so, because now they're even more 
niche, more fine-tuned than before, where you know before you'd walk into a supermarket and in the digital space or in the physical space, maybe, you know, I'm not a big Frito-Lays person, but maybe somebody else is. And so they have a massive display when you first walk in of Frito-Lays. That doesn't really speak to me. But in the digital space, it knows more about me. So what I see is different potentially from what even you see or someone else sees that loves Frito-Lays, right? I might see something, Sun Chips or some other type of brand that I love. And, and, it's because it knows about me and because it's digital, it can actually change its perception of what I see to what it wants me to see based upon my likes and dislikes. And so that's, again, about that personalization of the Web 3.0 and Wetiverse. So you, you raise a couple of uh, interesting points there. And, and first of all, number one is my takeaway is it, there is little different what you said than what, what, what it's been before. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to where my customers are. So, you know, like, for example, like, I don't really have an active Facebook page for my business because my customers really aren't on mm-hmm. Facebook. They're on LinkedIn. So I spend more time there. And I think the metaverse will be the same thing. It's like opening up a store in a shopping mall or on Main Street. I mean, yep. you're, it's location, location, location. So you'll, you're going you're gonna to gravitate to that real estate where you think your business is going to be. I guess that's number one. Number two, as you mentioned about the personalization of all of this, what are your concerns about, you know, privacy and security and identity theft? when you're on there, like, you know, somebody, I, you know, personifying you um, and, yeah. and getting up to mischief in the metaverse. Um, what, what issue should we be aware of there? Where do you think that's going? No, it's, it's, it's still in its fledging stage. And um, because it's grown so fast, there's a lot of issues there. There's been a lot of security issues around the space in the past uh, half a year or so. And there's being, I mean, there's billions of dollars being put into that space in terms of creating security around uh, what we call KYC or know your customer, right? Or know your consumer in terms of validating people's identities uh, when there's a transaction that needs to be made. Um, in terms of the platforms itself, it's still it's still growing. Um, and, and so I, one thing I would caution, uh, you know, I would caution many brands is to be careful of of who you invest in into the space into the strategy because when you have a new marketplace that is fairly new um somewhat unregulated well very unregulated in some ways and you know you're going to have a lot of startups that are like you know claiming to be the next big thing and um that's a big reason why infinite world actually has decided to go public this year so we're we're going public through the SPAC process so as a company, we can actually represent to other companies as a public facing entity. You know, everything that we're doing is transparent in terms of, you know, the market and, and, and what we're bringing to it. So it's not it's not approaching it like many startups are, which is fast and loose, which causes problems. Right. And especially now, because everything is all digital, you have a lot of potential areas of concern for security, especially, right? Your identity, your, your credit card information, your crypto information, all of that stuff can, you know, can be put at high risk. And so I would just say for brands and consumers alike to just be careful where you tread, you know, look at the companies that you're, you're, you're giving your information to and make sure that they are being held accountable in, in some way, shape or form, you know, uh, i.e. via public markets or some other mechanism that helps you make a, 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 a a decision based upon empirical data as much as possible, as opposed to like gut feeling. So okay, that's a great answer. Um, we only have a couple minutes left, so let me. I have a lot more questions for you now, and you've been great. <laughs> but let me um, let, let me just like, like close with this. It's just um, 
you know, sort of the, the tipping point question. You know, I mean, Web 2.0, um, you know, I believe really took off because of mobile. You know, I, I think that was, you know, mm -hmm. once the iPhone came out and then all the subsequent smartphones, and then That's we were right. able to watch and engage and all this stuff anywhere we have to be behind a desktop. It just, that was like, wow, right? That was like the tipping point. What do you think is that, that will make, I mean, you mentioned there's like millions of people that are on some of the sites like Decentraland or Sandbox or, you know, whatever, but I've been there and, and I, I think it's a lot of, you know, people just like the curious, you know, curiosity seekers. Like yeah. it's not yeah. like, it's not happening <laughs> yet, but it, it should happen. I just wonder what you think is, what what will make it happen? What will be the tipping point where just you and me are on it all the time? You know, like it's, you know, and and, and the, the average consumer is just as easily on the metaverse as they are right now when they go onto Facebook or uh, watching YouTube. You know, it's just like it's just part of their lives. What do you think would need to happen for that to occur? One, yeah, one, it's a little bit of time, right? So when the iPhone first came out, we didn't have mass adoption of, of all these different gaming, you know, and. The iPhone came out, it took a number of years for it to become a cultural switch in the zeitgeist of the entire world, not just our country here in the US, but the entire planet. It took a while, right? And 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 that's because people were engaging with a new way of of information gathering and and receiving and giving back. And so the same thing here is there's multiple different platforms and people are, like you said, they're kind of like dipping their toes in the water a little bit. Um, I think one of the bigger catalysts was definitely cryptocurrency and uh, this concept of NFTs where we can actually trace provenance or we can trace um, you know, authenticity. I can trace that that thing that I just bought digitally actually comes from that brand specifically and therefore it actually has value um, as opposed to some knockoff or somebody just copied it and then sold it as, as something that was not that brand. Um, I think there's also going to be, you know, like we're still in the such, such an early stage. There's a lot of utility that's still being built by major companies, including ours right now, that are, as those continue to be released in the space, more and more people are going to engage. And that, along with devices that are, are, are coming out, I mean, it's, it's no, it's probably one of the worst kept secrets other than like the original iPhone. Everyone knew Apple was coming out with a phone. They didn't know when, but um, you know, everyone knows that Apple is coming out with augmented reality glasses as is Google and a bunch of others. And so that transition over the next four or five years, as those devices come out and people engage with them and what that means is going to change these devices that we hold now are going to become archaic in the next decade, just like the iPhone made flip phones and pagers and home phones. We're like, who has a home phone anymore, right? So My mom. The, the same sort of thing is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the same sort of thing is going to happen, you know, in terms of how you engage with the consumers. You have to go with where they're at. And, and as the platforms themselves are maturing and the devices that are connecting into those are actually coming out and maturing as well, that cycle is going to lead to a whole different way of consuming information. It's a great answer. And uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you on all of your points, particularly the devices points as well. I think once the once I can put on a pair of glasses and they don't look goofy, um, they're normal looking, you know, and sleek. And there's a, there's a lot of hardware development that needs to happen before we get to that point. You know, it's a lot of work. But, yeah. you know, I could just see, can't you just see people on a plane or, you know, or on a, you know, on a train or whatever they got glass? You don't know if they're in the metaverse or not because they switch themselves between yeah, reality yeah. and 
and I think yeah, that's just a, like when people get lost on their phones. What's that? <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying like the way people get lost on their phones, you know, the screenagers yeah. and whatever. Um, I see that next event. You're right. Where we toss the phones away and then they're just they're, everybody's wearing glasses and you're not even sure what they're, you know, what world they're actually in. I think that's going to happen uh, for good, for better, yeah. or for worse. I think that's going to happen. Yeah. That, you know? that, that was my that was my comment on it. You know, there's a there's a moral dilemma there. Right. In terms of the, the, the more engaged we are with the digital devices that are in front of us, the less engaged we are with each other. And so I think that's that's the. That's the very dangerous and very real line that we have to face as as companies, as consumers. Uh, you know, um, in terms of how far do we go off into this? Is it truly engaging where I'm connecting more with my fellow man, or am I disconnecting more and becoming more engrossed in? I mean, the promise is to be connected more globally, even through a virtual interface um, with with people. Even though it's not physically in front of me, you know, um, the, the social side, if you look at it, but you see it with Instagram and with Facebook and with others, like there is a dangerous side to that as well in terms of cyberbullying and, you know, expectations of teenagers and other people in terms of being a certain thing or having a certain image that represents them. And, you know, there's that danger still with any new, with any new thing, right? Look at the industrialization uh, moving from horse-drawn carriages and, and, you know, predominantly like labor-based workforces to the industrial revolution and getting into more machinery and stuff. And, you know, while it's great, there's also the downside of the environment and, and, and moving jobs from one sector to another. And so the same sort of stuff is going to happen here. Um, and it's just going to be this progression. It's happening. So it's not like it's like, oh, let's put a stop to it. It is definitely coming. And so it's just how do we transition as human beings, as companies, as consumers into this new space in a as holistic way as possible, I guess is the best way to put it. Nat Hunter is the COO of Infinite World. Nat, I forgot to even ask you or mention at the very beginning. It's infiniteworld.com. Is that is that your URL? Infiniteworld.com as well as infinite.world. So infinite. both of them will work. Got it. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks. This is a great conversation. Absolutely fascinating. And um, I'm sure you and I will be talking about this again in the future. This is a, a topic that's going to continue to expand. And you're in a great place, great company. So uh, best of luck to you. I'm happy for it. It's a, it's a good spot to be in. Thank you, Gene. Really appreciate it. Yep. Take care. Everybody, thanks so much for listening to our podcast today on uh, Paychecks Thrive. Uh, if you'd like any more advice or information or help in running your business, feel like this is just any guest, feel free. Visit us at payx.me forward slash thrive topics. That's payx.me forward slash thrive topics. My name is Gene Marks and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash thrive topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychecks can help. Visit the resource hub at paychecks.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Paychecks can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychecks Incorporated 2022, all rights reserved.